The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to this edition of The Film Guide, St. Albans Film Guide, as a matter of fact. And it is Friday the 13th of January 2023. Ooh, I'm glad I got through that one without a mistake, you know, it's a new year and all that. Quite a tricky uh, transition, changing the date in your mind. But I did it. And joining me here. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much. Joining me here on that transition uh, journey uh, is is Christopher Aikman. Hello, Samantha Rolfe. Hello. Yes, I did. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. I didn't say who I was. So thank you for that. So shall we dive into our, our first podcast of the year? I think we shall. Brilliant. So. We will, in this episode, is a little bit different, it's a bit special, uh, but we will be starting out, as we always do, with new films to the cinema and new to streaming services. And then after that, Chris and I have been discussing our year in film, 2022, and we wanted to bring you some some awards and yep. reflect reflect back over the last 12 months of our movie watching um epic and yeah we'll we'll give you a bit more information later in the show but we will be handing out awards for the best film that we saw that was released in 2022 best actor and best actress with two other categories uh, which you'll have to stay tuned to find out so chris shall we start with the new we shall indeed. So first off, uh, at cinemas today is a film that I think you would probably be quite interested in, uh, and that is a film called Megan. Now, this is um, a film where story uh, and produced by uh, James Wan, who's a bit of a horror legend at this point. He, he directed the original Saw. He directed Insidious and The Conjuring and uh, more recently directed and wrote the story for Malignant. Uh, so this is Megan, stylized to be M3GAN. It's pronounced Megan. Okay. So Megan, um, played by Amy Donald, is she's basically a toy. She's a lifelike doll uh, uh, invented by a robotics engineer played by Alison Williams, who people know from uh, the TV show Girls and Get Out as well. Uh, she's a robotics engineer at a toy company. She builds a lifelike doll called Megan, um, designed to sort of be like a sort of friend and partner to to other you know to little girls and boys. And this robotic engineer, she she gives Megan to her niece, who's a sort of lonely little girl, and uh, as a little companion. Um, but then Megan starts sort of taking on a bit of a, a life and mind of her own and starts uh, protecting this little girl, played by Violet McGraw. Uh, and it, uh, like I say, it looks like it looks like a fun sort of horror. Film. I, I would quite like to say, you know, you know me in the last, <laughs> um, I probably in the last year, year and a half, I've I've been. Uh, I've been a brave little boy, and I've um, actually gotten into the horror genre a bit more 
Yeah, um, you definitely have. I have been extremely impressed with the uh, amount of horror or horror adjacent movies that we've watched. So, uh, yeah. when you say horror adjacent, do you mean things like Home Alone Two, Lost in New York? <laughs> yes, which we watched quite recently. <laughs> that is a horror, truly. Um, but yes, this definitely seems like a, a movie for Sam Rolfe, um, especially because okay. M- Malignant uh, was, I thought, a particularly fun film that came out in 2021. It was a, <laughs> a fun <laughs> horror film. Yes. Are you just remembering Malignant now? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember it. Every every second of the day it comes to <laughs> mind. Um but no, I just uh, it, you've started describing horrors the way I describe them. Oh, you know, it's quite fun. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I don't it's think good. it's everyone's idea of fun. No, but it's good. Malignant's a good one because it just sort of goes bat s crazy um, mm. for the, the last half hour, and it's yep. it's just enjoyable. Sort of, it goes it goes loopy. Yeah, uh, in it a just, fun way. Exactly. It it takes. Yeah, it just it, it's yeah. I, I don't know how else, it, it's. I'm lost for words because <laughs> how do you describe it? Yeah, without sort of giving anything away. But yeah, it sort of it it knows it's it knows what it is. Yes, I think, and that is, and it knows what it wants to do, and it, yeah, that it and it does it, and it's great. Yeah, agreed. So also out today, Friday the Thirteenth uh, is a very different film. Um, called Tar. Now, this is actually uh, it's directed by Todd Field and stars Kate Blanchett. And this is one of this is considered to be quite a um, it's an early favorite for a lot of Oscar nominations, especially for Kate Blanchett to be to be best actress. Uh, the Oscar nominations haven't actually um, been released yet, but uh, this is this is one of the favorites for quite a few awards. And it's set in the international world of Western classical music, and it, it's about uh, Lydia Tarr, uh, played by Kent Blanchett, who is considered to be one of the greatest living composer-conductors uh, and the very first female director of a major German orchestra. And it's sort of about... I mean, it's, it's obviously a drama. It's nothing, nothing like Megan. Um, but it's about sort of, you know, her and her... I think I think she's quite sort of a you know demanding toxic personality, and it's sort of how this affects the people around her, and and yeah, and it's also got I, I'm very interested to see it has Noemi Merlon, uh, who um, fans of Portrait of a Lady on Fire uh, will recognise uh, as one of the the leading duo I along mean, with Adele Hanel. I didn't. I don't know how we could have gotten through an episode without mentioning without mentioning Portrait of a Lady on Fire. No, no. Uh, wonderful French film uh, directed by Celine Sciamma, and <laughs> one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, so, I think number thirty three on the Sight and Sound best films ever list that was recently came, uh, came out last year. So, uh, you great can't film. argue with that. You can't argue with that. No. Uh, so yeah, Starscape Blanchett, Noemi Malon, and Nina Haas, among others. And like I said, this is one of the early Oscar front runners. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if if I know there are people out there that do like the to try and watch all of the Oscar films, right, or as yes. many as possible. Uh, yeah. So get this one uh, knocked off your list. Yeah, I suppose um, it's hard to judge if you haven't seen them all. <laughs> like, no exactly <laughs> which 
does ever do all the people that vote on the Oscars actually watch all of the nominated? Well, exactly. Movies? They. I'm gonna guess no. Because the way it works, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. It's like um, each it because you're you're split up into different fields and like your expertise. So if you're like a sound designer, you vote on the sound like categories. Uh, yeah. But everyone votes on the best picture. But obviously, right. then like you know, who has especially if you're like currently like working on stuff, like who has time to necessarily watch? All of the potential films to be uh, shortlisted. Anyway, I mean, it's your job. Get on with it and watch them. <laughs> Make it a fair. Make it fair. So that is what is new. The main ones: new to cinema, Megan and Tar. Two films named after women characters in them. Yeah, there you are. There you are. You know, exciting times. <laughs> Shall we have a quick? Rendezvous with streaming services, Chris. We shall. And uh, I've only picked one film that's out on Netflix this week. And I picked it purely because it is the sort of film that will make Dr. Sam Rolfe ball her eyes out. And yes, indeed. you've already told me you're never going to watch it. I just, I have seen enough movies with this type of content (laughs) and i'm done with it in my life i don't need i don't need it so people know what we're talking about this is a film called dog gone Uh, it stars rob lowe and it's about so well i didn't know that he's a good actor he is a good actor but still it's so when his beloved dog goes missing a young man embarks on an incredible search with his parents to find him and give him life-saving medication. So the dog's also like got a disease or an illness that requires timely yep. medication. Oh, yep. no. Exactly. Basically, it's a dog in danger film. So am I allowed to say the the the, the Wallace and Gromit story or If you would like, you can you can say it. So <laughs> over Christmas if it was, was it Christmas day? It probably was, yeah. <laughs> that it was Christmas Day. Christmas and morning. Christmas morning. And the most joyous the, time of year. On the BBC, they were showing all of the Wallace and Gromit short films. Uh, so, Close Shave, Wrong Trousers, etc. Um, and we were sitting and watching them, and one of them, which is a Close Shave. Correct. Wallace, no, sorry, Gromit, uh, is is he's framed. He's framed quite <laughs> literally uh, for a crime, and he gets put in jail. And Sam is crying <laughs> watching this because they put. Why would you put a dog in jail? I think was the quote you said. Well, yeah. Why would you put a dog in jail? And also. He's the goodest boy. <laughs> like this is a claymation put, dog, yeah. You can't put Gromit in jail. It's just every it's so sad, I can't. But then <laughs> obviously watching that as a kid, I don't know when it came out, but off the top of my head. But as a I don't know, preteen, um watching it, it seems like he's in jail for so long and it's like so sad. 
but then just watching it again this year. He's literally in jail for maybe a minute of, of the film, time. of screen time. And then they bust him out pretty pronto. But like, oh no, that it breaks me. I can't watch. Uh, yeah, I've skipped that part normally. Because the well, rest of it's great. I mean, the whole, yeah, it's great. It's well as in Gromit. You should watch it if you haven't. But anyway, um, <laughs> the film that's out on Netflix is Dog Gone. Who knows if we'll ever watch it. I just thought it was funny. Sure. Uh, it was to, have, to talk to about that. To talk about it. Yeah. So that is what is on new to streaming uh, today. Great. Well, enjoy that. Enjoy watching something super sad. But I'm sure hopefully is happy in the end. We'll see. Oh, it would be. Oh, so imagine how dark it would be if <laughs> they go on this epic journey to find this dog. And then it's just too late. It's too late. Look, it's we live in a post-COVID, well, in a currently still COVID, but post having had a pandemic, ongoing pandemic world. <laughs> so, and so stuff's dark now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's the darkest timeline. Okay, <laughs> sure thing. So that's dog gone on Netflix. <laughs> All right, Chris, it's awards time. The Rolf Mannies. <laughs> yeah, the Rolf Mannies. The Rolf, that Rolf was, Marnies. Well, my name's Rolf... not Igmar. It can be if you want it to be. I don't want it to be. Okay. Um, so, yes, this is a, uh, a portmanteau. Is that the right one? Where you mush words together? I forget. Yeah? We'll go with it. We'll go with um, yeah. Yeah, so Rolf Aikman, Rolf Marnies. And if, yeah, we, we might think of something better for next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is this is our our look back, our retrospective on uh, the the year in film twenty twenty two, and. I think because I was keeping a running total of what mm. films I watched uh, in in the year, and I think I saw I can't, it was just shy of seventy. I think yeah, it, it was, was like six, 68 or so. Yeah, it was approximately you know one one and a half a week or something. Um, so it was, it was pretty good. Um, quite a lot of them from twenty twenty two. Quite a lot of them not. But we decided we go and we'd hand out our. Sp- uh, particular awards. So we've got five categories. We have best actor, best actress, biggest surprise. That could be a good or a bad thing. Uh, best film not from 2022. So this is a film we saw for the first time in 2022, but it wasn't actually released in 2022. And then finally, obviously, best film from 2022. Now, in most cases, we've come up with three nominations each, and then we're going to each hand out an award. We've got our own personal ones. You're going to hand out an award for Best Actor. I'm going to hand out an award for Best Actor. Although, there may be some overlap. I think there probably is, seeing as I, we watched most of these together. <laughs> a lot of these we watched together. So, we shall start with the Best Actor category. Sam. 
would you like to tell? We'll, we'll do your nominations, we'll do my nominations, and then we'll discuss them a little bit. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to go from, I mean, not that, that they're like necessarily ranked in order as such, but is that how, how, how is that what I you're was, saying? I was going to say we just, we just Nate Give- say them in any order. Oh, okay. And then we're going to say who we think the winner is out oh, okay. of those three. Keep a right. little bit of suspense. Keep a little okay. suspense. Okay, cool. Okay, got you. Right. Should have just discussed this off air. Cool. Probably. This should have been a production meeting. So, I have got on my list for best actor, Nick Cage. Okay. Um, uh, For what? Oh, okay. I suppose, yes, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Just just Nick Cage. This isn't how they do the nominations for the Oscars. They don't just go, (laughs) Nick Cage. Why not? Like, you know what he's been in. It's fine. Okay, this was for uh, the unbearable... Wait. um, Weight of being of, of <laughs> isn't it massive talent? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm weight of massive talent. That's right. Uh, I should have written that down. Um, then we have so I've got a joint a joint yes. uh, nomination with um, Rama Rao. Yes, and Ram uh, Charan Teja. Yes. Um, who starred in RRR. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And my third n- nomination is Ki Hoi Kwan. From? From. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. You're such a natural presenter. Thank uh, you. I do a podcast. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So, so please <laughs> enlighten me with your. We have some very similar picks. So, mm-hmm. in fact, so similar that two of them are the same. Uh huh. So I've gone for Kihai Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I also put jointly <laughs> NT Rama Rao Jr. and Ram Charan from RRR. I haven't gone for Nick Cage. Uh-huh. I went for this is from you haven't seen, so you couldn't necessarily comment on it. Right. Uh, oh, Colin, I, can, I can comment on it, Chris. You can comment on it. Colin Farrell in The Batman. Colin Farrell. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Colin Farrell, yeah. He's in In Bruges. He is in In Bruges. Uh-huh. Yes. In The Batman. He played the penguin. Okay, I was gonna ask because I don't remember him being on the cast list, but cool. And he is very much, I mean, he's buried under layers of like prosthetic because the penguin it looks a certain way. He's he's sort of you know balding. He's sort of chubby. Oh, I thought uh, you meant like a, a feathered animal, but sure. <laughs> this is a Batman character. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so, um, but he he brings up yeah. He's like not only the prosthetics, but he's. Um, he embodies the character very well. He sort of he isn't doesn't look like Colin Farrell. Like he actually so much so that actually when in um we watched it at the cinema and his name came up in the credits, a lot of people went, Huh? Oh right. Because they didn't actually know he was in it. Sure. Um But so let's talk about the ones we've uh, we've 
overlapped on, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Kei Hai Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Now, people know Kei Hai Kwan from uh, being a child actor. He was short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was Data or Data uh, from uh, The Goonies. And then he did some other things as well, but there was a very a period where he just couldn't get role. People weren't casting um, Asian men, basically, uh, in Hollywood in anything substantial. Um, and he, so he essentially stopped acting. Uh, he did choreography work. He did some other film work. He taught acting. Uh, but apparently it was only after he watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians uh, which was a big hit a few years ago, that he realised, well, now people are making films with people like me in them. Uh, that film also starred Michelle Yeoh, who's in Everything Everywhere All Once. Uh, this was the first film that he um, auditioned for when he decided he'd get back into acting, give it one more shot. He got it. Uh, he got the part of Waymond, who is Michelle Yeoh's um, husband, they run a laundry together, and he's a he's a man that really tries to he tries to look at the positives in life. He tries to be happy. He tries to be jolly, even when the weight of the world is is getting him down. He just wants to, you know, be nice to everyone. But at the same time, he has to play multiple people because everything, everywhere, all at once is a like multiverse. Uh, you know, hopping film where different characters embody other characters and have to people have to act in different ways. So he also has to be sort of other than this sort of very nice sort of kind of bumbling uh, laundry owner. He has to also be a kick-ass sort of smooth, suave sort of action hero at points. And he did a lot of his own stunts. Because he's a he's a trained martial artist. That's part of the choreography he did when he wasn't acting, and uh, it's kind of as a comeback film from being away for not having acted <laughs> for literally twenty years. It, yeah, I mean, he he did all right, didn't he? He did all right. Is there is there anything you would sort of you know add about about Waymond? Uh, no, I think I think you I think you covered it pretty well. Like, um, I always like it when. Because obviously you could have two or multiple sort of storylines running alongside where you have the same actor playing multiple characters or like multiple versions of a character. But when the char- when the actor has to switch between those kind of roles in the scene. Mid-scene, yes. Is always impressive and like, yeah, like it's just a, it's a feat of... Yeah, like I say, he goes from being like these cool action heroes sort of way to back to being Waymond, and then sometimes back to being being the cool like yeah, sort of within sentences or at the yeah. end like yeah, and it's it's very impressive. I mean, the film itself is is great, but we'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss it more later. Um, but we've both picked Kei Hei Kwan as a mm-hmm. as a potential winner and the other ones we should talk about the stars of RRR mm. NT Ramarao Jr and Ram Charan 
I think these two, yes, these two come together in this film. There's no yeah. picking one over the other. You can't, no, you can't separate them at all. They're literally, they come together riding on each other's shoulders. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it doesn't work without one or the other. No. It's definitely a, a buddy, a buddy film. And they and they do everything. These are these are the two. Even before this film, these were the two biggest stars in in Tollywood in yeah. Telugu cinema, and uh, this was part of the reason the film was such a big thing. Is it was like they were bringing the 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 biggest director um, from from Tollywood and the two biggest stars, and they were putting them all together. In a film with the biggest budget that uh, an Indian film had ever had, and uh, quite frankly, it slaps. It absolutely does. It's it's a journey, and I think we're probably going to come back to it a bit later. I think so... we will. But I mean, would you want to talk about Nicolas Cage a bit now? As as sure, that was your other nominee. Uh, yeah, I I I picked him because he yeah he's sort of playing a character caricature of himself which he's playing he's playing i think nick cage with a k right is the sort of distinction okay from being the real nicholas like he yeah right and so to like i don't know to have to have the sort of um i don't want to say ego because that is the wrong word and it implies like uh um arrogance maybe um but to have the self-reflection and the self-esteem i suppose is probably the the better way of describing it to like be able to look at back at your work and life and play that caricature of yourself i thought was just yeah like and he does it in such a fun way yeah and so yeah, I just thought that was worthy of a of a of a mention in in the nominations. Nicolas Cage is, I think he has been for a long time as well, one of my favorite actors. And even, I th- I think he I think he's an interesting actor because he try he does he tries things. Yeah, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But he he gives it a go and you can I think you can often tell he's he's involved and he's giving everything a go even if it's sort of quite low you know low budget he does all sorts of stuff he does low budget he does high budget and uh yeah like I say he's he's just an interesting actor he makes choices that other people wouldn't yeah, like I say, sometimes al- for the better, sometimes for the worse. But sure, but that allows him to like grow his craft as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, whereas you know he, plenty of people choose the safe route of playing similar characters over and over again, or maybe that's just you know maybe they were never offered other options, or you know there's plenty of reasons. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like he, like you say, he pushes boundaries that probably then in the wider sort of film world get um, brought in in other ways that if he hadn't done something 
or other actors that are pushing boundaries hadn't done something then like that wouldn't have got incorporated into future roles or future films so yeah yeah it's it's, yes it's an impressive thing to do so i think it's come come to the point where we should pick our our winner now do you want to go first sam and pick your winner do we say at the same time (laughs) will that sound horrible (laughs) in the recording i think we're gonna say the same thing (laughs) okay we'll say okay we'll go three two one and then we'll say all right three two one Kihai Kwan. Oh, no. <laughs> and there you go. I told you. I told you. All right. Well. <laughs> so my what? award goes to Kihai Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Congratulations, Ki. Uh, and no. <laughs> I will I will jointly award uh, N.T. Rama Rao and Ram Charan for their performances in RRR. Congratulations. Fantastic. <laughs> now, moving on to the Best Actress Award. Yes. Uh, uh, I shall go first this time. And my uh, three nominees for Best Actress are Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mia Goth from X and Renata Reinsver for The Worst Person in the World. Ooh. Okay. Well, we only have one the same. Okay. Name your three then. Uh, so, yeah, I also have Michelle Yeoh for Everything, sure. Everywhere, All at Once. I have uh, Janelle Monet in their performance in Glass Onion. Yes. Very good. And <laughs> Amy Adams, the disenchanted. <laughs> that I was not expecting that. <laughs> Curveball. Well, we'll get to it a bit later as well, but yeah. Okay. Curveball. So, okay. It's Amy Adams. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Amy Adams. 2022 was the year we saw Amy Adams in the, at the theatre uh, performing exactly. live. Yeah. So to explain sort of um, my choice, so yes. we've got Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is a legend. Um, she's been working for a great many years since the you know, coming onto the scene as a as a leading lady in um, Chinese and Hong Kong cinema in the mid eighties. She has done a bit of everything. She's done, um, she was mostly an action star, doing lots of martial arts. Um, she's She's been in a Bond film. She's done sci-fi. She's in Sunshine, for instance. She's done a bit of everything. She, like I say, she was in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, she was in um, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. So she's done being in the MCU. Uh, but this was the sort of first film, and I think she, she's talked about how, I mean, she's, one, getting to do a bit of everything. She's getting, you know, to do some action that is her sort of stock in trade. 
um but she's also it's a it's a role with a lot of dramatic heft as well to it it's allowing her you know she it's allowed her to properly sort of act and emote and do everything that she's sort of wanted to do um and she she's playing playing a woman of her own age um which is sometimes rare for for hollywood films and um but yeah getting to do everything as well and it's a really uh, great performance mia goth in x now x is a horror film and its sequel came out um certainly in america in 2022 uh, called pearl we haven't seen that and apparently she's even better in Pearl, but she plays a dual role in X. Uh, she plays the role of Maxine, who's uh, a young woman whose boyfriend, basically a group of them, uh, go to this rent out a shack on a bit of farmland uh, to shoot a low budget pornography film. And then, being a horror movie, everything goes wrong. But she also plays the dual role of Pearl, who's this much older woman and one of the main antagonists. And she does both very, very well. So much so that I didn't realise, I hadn't really seen much of Mia Goth before. I didn't know that she was uh, British. Uh, she's actually from London. and But she embodies both characters so beautifully. Um, and then Pearl, the sequel, is, is tells more of the story of Pearl background as a character obviously from the title of the film so i'm looking forward to seeing that mm. and finally well i think honorable mention for best actress slash actor is the crocodile in x <laughs> that's true yes we maybe next year we'll have best animal performer and uh yeah. get a few nominations in there yeah and then finally as i said uh, renata reinsver in the worst person in the world playing a young woman who is a bit lost, really, with what she wants to do. She's on, it seems like she's on track. She's going to be doing, going to become a doctor. But then she decides she doesn't want to be a doctor. She wants to be a photographer. And then she doesn't want to do that anymore. She decides she's going to write. And she doesn't want to do that anymore. And it's about her sort of going through her early 30s, lost in, in sort of, you know, Oslo, um, being you know being with different boyfriends, and as a we discussed it um, on the on the podcast earlier in the year because it was one of our where to next picks. Um, it's as a, as a film, it affected me very deeply because I sort of I felt uh, I, I related to it more than I've related to a lot of films over over the years and there was something about it that really sort of hit me deeply and I think she it's in a very affecting portrayal of a woman who she's a good person but she makes you know bad choices or she um is sometimes careless or doesn't say what she wants to say sometimes missed opportunities and it's just a sort of she's a very flawed person um but an engaging sort of person to watch on film so Renata Reitzfer, she's going to be a star. You heard it here first. I mean, she also won the Best Actress at Cannes Film Festival for it, so you probably didn't hear it here first. <laughs> they probably... And she was nominated for a BAFTA as well. So, 
All Other right. people have got there first. <laughs> well, you heard it here on the St Albans podcasts first in terms of us saying it on the St Albans <laughs> podcast. Just now. <laughs> Although I'm sure we said something similar back when we uh, uh, probably, reviewed it yes. before. So if you want to talk about your, your nominees. Sure. So, I mean, you've covered Michelle Yeoh, essentially. Um, I just thought that she brought, a, you know, such a, again, it's similar to to Ki uh, Hoi Kwan, who had, had to sort of embody a, a several versions of the character, um, as well as hitting all those i don't know all the sort of yeah all the martial arts bits and and the the emotional parts as well as you said so i i do want to say is that didn't make the nominees but a very honorable mention is the third main character from everything everywhere all at once uh stephanie who who played joy wayman's uh and uh evelyn's daughter um and she is great. It's, I think it's, I don't know if it was her first film role, but I th- it was one of her first. And she is excellent. Again, star of the future. So, yeah, agreed. Um, definitely deserves the honorable mention. Um, so then, uh, Janelle Monet, um, in Glass Onion, obviously that only came out on like the 23rd of December, unless you happened to catch it in the cinema um because it was out for a few for like a week at the end the of week november at the yeah end of november being december sort yeah. of time uh so obviously folks out there may not have had chance to see glass onion yet so i don't want to like spoil anything obviously because it is like a who done it and <laughs> yes uh so all i really can say i suppose is um in the first half i was kind of worried that they were going to get underused as an actor yeah um but then yeah uh she she like is given more to do so that's great <laughs> yeah I, I think i said at the time that i I read before we saw it that other p- people had been put in Janelle Monet in their list of best performances of the year for glass onion and for yeah for the first half i was like why mm. they're not like yeah. they're fine but there's nothing spe- and then as the story progresses and and you know layers get sort of peeled back and things oh. like that uh then you, yeah they really get to to flourish and shine so well done Janelle absolutely and also great musician if you've never heard listened to any Janelle Monet's music oh fantastic go for it you're in for a treat yeah absolutely and then <laughs> my final curveball. nomination is I don't I'm not sure why it's a curveball exactly, but you can explain yourself momentarily. Uh is Amy Adams for Disenchanted. <laughs> and essentially I would just I suppose if you need someone to act, uh just end the sentence there. <laughs> if you need someone so, to act, that's Amy true. Adams. It's your woman. That's, that's who you right need, there. yeah. <laughs> if you need someone to be able to discover emotion that a a character has never before discovered uh, felt or 
discover emotion that human beings have never felt, <laughs> ever, and portray it, then Amy Adams is your person, and she will do you an um like a job beyond. <laughs> she will do the job beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. So yeah, Amy Adams. <laughs> okay, here is the Oscar. <laughs> I mean, that's that's partly a holdover from Arrival, which she's, you know, we were still waiting for her to get an Oscar nomination for, but we've discussed that a lot on this pod. Mm. Um, so do we want to... We shouldn't go through the 3 two, one uh, No, no, because that didn't work last time. Didn't work last time. We've only got one overlap, so... Yeah. Um, I think I... Well, I did mine first last time. You do, you do yours this time. So, okay. And your winner is... Michelle Yeoh. Congratulations, Michelle. Congratulations, Michelle. Sadly, Michelle, you're not a two-time winner on this pod, as my best actress is going to Renata Reinsver for The Worst Person in the World. It was very close, though. It was very close. It's a tough, tough, tough year. There's been a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good stuff going on. Uh, So, better luck next time, Michelle. Now, moving on. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're going to go for the biggest surprise category. Now, this can be a good or a bad surprise. Something that you maybe weren't expecting much off of, and then it turned out to be amazing. Something maybe you were really looking forward to that turned out to be not so good. You're just Anything describing you want, really. my list right now. <laughs> Anything you want, really. So we, I think we can go through this quite quickly. It doesn't Indeed. have to be a long one. No. Uh, Sam, would you like to do your nominations and briefly explain why you've picked them? Sure. So I'll start with Disenchanted because we just spoke about Amy Adams. Sure. And uh, this was a surprise to me because partly I didn't even know they were making it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It was the sequel I didn't know that we needed. Um, however, so yes, I liked, like Enchanted, it's a great movie. It's just, it's cute. It's wholesome. It has Amy Adams. She just, you know, her character discovers having emotions, which is just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 you know, it's Disney. It's fun. It's, you know, anyway. So then disenchanted you know it's got a lot to live up to obviously and i felt it was a bit of a disappointment sure i liked what they tried to do with it but it was kind of a bit maybe obvious and also um it probably suffered quite a lot from being filmed in the pandemic like during you know the the height of it so yeah it felt a bit disjointed, not really, like the plot wasn't, it didn't feel like it had gone through enough of an edit maybe in terms of like what what they actually wanted to achieve with it, that sort of a thing. I think some characters needed to be fleshed out a little bit or given a bit more time to sort of shine in a couple of cases. Yeah. So but yes, I, I agree. It was, you it wasn't know. A, it wasn't a bad film by any means. No. You know, but... you can still enjoy it on a Sunday afternoon when it's, tipping it with rain outside but which it regularly is yeah apparently this year just year of the rain so yeah that that's uh (laughs) that's one of one of my 
uh, nominations. Uh, then I have The Lost City. Oh, yes. Which is a Sandra Bullock, Sandy B, and Channam Tatum. I think I said that right. Channing Tatum. Damn it. So close. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Channing. Channing. Channing yes. Tatum. Okay, great. And um, I don't know. I kind of went into this like, mm, it's going to be dumb. And like, what am I going to get from this other than, you know, maybe wasting my time? But actually, it was fun. And they didn't like, I'm hoping I'm remembering this correctly. I don't think they played on like too many tropes too heavily. And they like switched it up a bit. and. Um, it also had Daniel Radcliffe, yes, playing a villain. Yes, and um, he surprises me because often I'm just like, "Well, this is going to be terrible." <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you made a Unfairly. judgment about Daniel Radcliffe when he was a child. Yeah, and that judgment has now followed him, even though we've watched quite a few films with him in it. That we've enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not perfect, Chris. What can I say? No one's arguing you are. <laughs> so, no, I mean, yeah, I I liked what they did. There was a lot of there was quite interesting sort of stunt work and things. And yeah, I mean, again, with people being able to play characters of their own age and things like that, so wonderful. And then finally. Uh, I have the movie Prey. Yes. So this was a surprise to me because all movies in the Alien and Predator franchises and Terminator, apart from like the first two in most cases, not Predator 2 maybe, but anyways, are just anything after that are just trash, mostly, (laughs) honestly. And I just, yeah, I wish people would stop making those movies because you're ruining it for everyone. However, they took the the Predator franchise and they finally did something that was uh, actually a bit interesting. Yes. Setting it, what are we talking, 200 years? It's set... In oh, I can find out the answer. This seventeen nineteen, three hundred years. So back. three. I was going to say three hundred. I thought no, that's too far. But no, so three hundred years in in the past, um, and so everything is like technology wise for both humanity, obviously, but also the predator alien race are set backwards in time, and so uh, yeah, it. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what to say, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in because Prey is one of my choices Great. as well for big surprise. Take over. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's the Predator in this case uh, is hunting in the time of a, a the Comanche Native American tribes um, and also French settlers, and so it, it follows um, the film follows uh, Naru, played by Amber Mid Thunder. Uh, who's a Comanche, um, a young Comanche woman who she she is a fighter and a tracker, but she she's often not allowed to go with the men when they go out hunting. 
but then they end up starting to be terrorized by uh, a predator. And like you say, the predators is still much more advanced than they are, but... Well, yeah, travel across space and time. Travel across space and time, exactly. You don't do that without being a bit advanced, but doesn't have, say, like the lasers that it had uh, and like the energy blasts that it could produce in the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. And I thought as a film, it was much, it, yeah, it was quite simple. It went back to sort of the Predator roots. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought Amber Mid Thunder was very good. And like you say, a lot of these films in this series, especially, especially especially the most recent one, The Predator, oh. which we both watched that, and I think we were both angry. Like, it doesn't happen often. Like, I can watch films and be like, that wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, But not, like, be upset that I watched it or sort yeah. of be angry at it. Whereas <laughs> we watched The Predator, and <laughs> I was just like, this is... This is so awful. I hate it. I actually, like, I was angry by the end of watching it. I mean, I'm getting a bit angry now. <laughs> so, we'll, 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 okay, we'll not talk about it. But anyway, so Prey was a, was a, and, you know, it actually made me want to, like, them to make more Predator movies. Yeah. Where the Predator comes <laughs> up against different, like, warriors from different times. You don't have to have it be, you know, they, they okay, they've done muscle bound, like, army guys. Great. They've set it in a city in Predator 2. Great. Just pick different points in time. Yeah. Have him take on the Spartans. I don't care. Just, <laughs> it it was good. Uh, so, so that's that's your three. Mm. Um, and that's the first one of mine, Prey. Uh, that was a good one. And then I'm going to put a slightly more negative one, which was quite recently watched uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah. Um, which is the latest one from George Miller. Anyone who knows me will know that I think Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller, is the greatest film ever made. And it's my favourite film. I think it's a work of art. And um, just a work of art, work of technical brilliance. It works on so many levels. It's a wonderful film. Yeah, it is beautiful. So I was very excited to see 3,000 Years Longing, which has got uh, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba in it, two great actors I'm very fond of. Big names. Big names. Uh, this too was shot over the pandemic as well. They actually integrate that into the film itself, which I, I actually quite like the way they did that. And But there was it was fine as a film. I thought it was okay doesn't come under the ones where it was just like, I wasn't angry having watched it. Mm. But it was maybe because it was George Miller and I sort of came in, you know, excited about it. High expectations. High expectations. But it just didn't quite meet them. Because where, obviously they're two very different films with very different plots and things like that. But where Mad Max Fury Road did, they famously started that film without a script. They actually made the film, they storyboarded the film first and then wrote scripts to go with dialogue to go with that. So it's a very visual film. A lot of the story is told sort of silently, like just looks between characters or like so much information is communicated without being sort of explained at length. Whereas 3000 Years of Longing, large parts of it are set in a hotel room where it's just Idris Elba telling Tilda Swinton's story. And like visually, it's got some good visual bits in it. It's a it's a good looking film. 
Um, and like I said, it's not bad by any means, but it was just sort of, there was something a bit like pedestrian about it in this sort of, you know, especially compared to Mad Max. But like I say, I understand they're two very different films. Uh, so that was my slight disappointment. Yeah, fair enough. Then my uh, a more positive surprise was The Batman, which again you haven't seen. But and I probably never will. But yeah, you probably never will. But it's an, yet another retelling of Batman. Oh, please explain to me how it's different somehow. And <laughs> it's three hours long. Oh no! <laughs> and I went Oof. into it. I went into it, and it's about like it's about like young Batman. So this is Batman. What is different about it is that it's Batman when he's starting out. Like he's most basically every other Batman film we've seen. Um, I mean, Batman Begins. You get you sort of see him when he's starting out, but he's still sort of like that's literally the title. <laughs> he he's literally he's in that film. He's a he's sort of. I don't know, he's more established, whereas this one is mo- a lot more. He's starting out, he's doing everything a bit low rent. Like, he, he, he keeps having to change, like, where he goes. He keeps having to take everything he has in a backpack. And there's actually a good... There's one really good bit where he's trying to escape from a bunch of people. So he's climbing this tower. And he has to... When he gets to the top of it, he has to put on his, like, bat suit, which is one of those, like, actual, you know, wing suits. Oh, is right. essentially what he uses. And as he's about to jump, you can see it in his face where he's just like, oh, this is really high. Because he's yeah. not done it really that many times. And the fear's I, still I, there. The fear's still there. And I liked that because it's, it's it, yeah, it was like there was enough sort of interesting touches about it. And also, it was a film that's largely in darkness. We've discussed this many times before. It's largely in darkness. However, they could film the darkness and light the darkness properly. So I always knew what was happening. Yay! And it's like, finally, there are so many films where people have just seemingly lost the art of lighting darkness and they want to do it naturally. And that means not being able to see a single damn thing that's on screen. This, however, is moody, darkly uh, set, but everything, as far as I could tell, was perfectly clear i sort of knew what was happening all the way through so that was my nice surprise i went into it thinking another batman film <laughs> so your but expectations actually, were low my expectations were relatively low and the fact it was three hours long then that was just sort of made me think Bleh. but actually it didn't it, it i mean it felt long but it didn't feel three hours long is okay. what i could say it's a sort of positive okay. so well do you, do you have do you have a, a winner of your biggest surprise? Uh I sp- well I've put I've put Prey at the top. I put Prey as well. So yep. congratulations to Prey and to Abma Bid Thunder for having a great name. Mm, fantastic. Um, so well done, Amber. Uh and Dan Trachtenberg. <laughs> I was gonna say who like directed the film. All the other people in it. <laughs> Well, Dan Trachtenberg, who directed the film, and also directed one of your uh, favourite films, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh. So, well done, Dan. Indeed, um, well done. Right, now we're going to go for best film not from 2022. Okay, so, so I wrote film, it 
I wrote down best movie first scene in 2022. Yes, that's fine. Well, yeah, that's not from 2022. Yeah, first scene. Yeah, yeah first scene in 2022. That's not from it. I only wrote down one film for this. Oh, but you'd watch so many of them. I did watch so many of them, but there was one that I thought was was the best. I could throw in. I can say some more honourable mentions. Sure. Um, well, do you want me to go first then? Because I have three. Go for it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I know what yours is. No, but, you uh, don't. You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> go for it, Sam. So, uh, I've got a film from 2021, sure. 2020, and 1987. Okay. Okay. Does that help you with your guess? There's one in there that I... There's one I thought you would put in there, but it, you haven't. Interesting. I'd like to know what it is. But my... So the 2021 film, and go back to sort of... When was it? March, April time. Uh, when we talked about this on the on the pod, because this was yep. also a uh, Where To Next film. It was indeed. It's the movie Lamb... A film that when it finished, you said, <laughs> that's the best film I've ever seen. Yeah. And I still stand by that today. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we know what's winning. So, yeah, a, a brief a brief uh, description. So this is set in Iceland um, around some sort of folk, folklore stories. And um, it, it's, it's a very quiet movie. It's got just three four maybe five people um total cast essentially um actually there's a couple they meet some other people on the road as well anyway but yeah it's a very minimal cast uh and it's essentially a um about a couple who uh have to end up looking after a sort of young creature um but it doesn't seem like that like troubling to them really um once they sort of get used to it which is is quite interesting and um lovely um but it's got some of the best animal actors i've ever seen the the sheep actors in it and it's also we just <laughs> like from from the, the there's i think it's the opening scene yes there's no being seen there's just tons of sheep in this, yes. this barn yeah and we both had the same thought at the same time which was basically Bloody hell, these sheep are good. They were so good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the... I don't know what it was about it. I'd have to watch the scene again. But it it was just... Sorry. They were were just so... I don't know, there was so much emotion in their weird sheep eyes. Yeah. Well, because, like, there's an unknown presence in the barn with them. And so to sort of portray that fact but to, to portray the fact that the sheep are wary but at the same time are just sheep and like how much do they you know I, I i have never been around sheep that much so i don't know how sort of familiar they are with i mean i'm sure they know the people that look after them a lot but like would they perceive other humanoid human pe- creatures as a threat if that's like if they if they know you know humans bring food, um you know yeah. that sort of thing. So how yeah just to yeah we d- we shouldn't talk about this for too long because I could talk about it. All <laughs> you day. go forever. But anyway, but yeah. So 
yeah and then the just the rest of the the sort of story the um, like the very the sort of quiet nature of the couple and like the sort of way they deal with the situation and everything is yeah very interesting and it it's you know it does walk the line of being i think it was um advertised as as a horror yes i think it's one of those films that if you go into it thinking oh a horror film um you might be disappointed you might be disappointed i also just to say it it stars the the wonderful numi rapace who is a great actor who's been in lots of Hollywood stuff, but also does a fair amount of um, uh, sort of low-key sort of indie things and stuff like this. Uh, and she's just a wonderful actor, sort of sort of actor I could watch sort of all day. Yeah, I mean, she's done enough movies you could watch them back to back. I could probably literally watch her all day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, brilliant movie. Don't go into it thinking it's like yeah, it's not a slashing hack horror. It's not you know, it's a low key this situation is hor- horrific you know if you d- dial down into it but it's not a horror like in a classic sense another one of my nominations is a ghost waits we also talked about this briefly on the pod mm. um some pods back this yes was, this was a lovely film yeah it was a, it's from 2020 it's um, low budget, I assume indie, therefore. Yes, very much so. Um, movie about, so a ghost who is given the job of haunting this property and uh, she is excellent at it. Any family that ever moves in are, are off out in within the first few days or weeks, can't stand to live in the house anymore. And then a repairman comes by. He's, you know, has to get the property up to scratch for the next uh, family that are coming in. And he just starts to get these weird haunting things happen. But he's just like, okay, well, this is weird stuff that's happening, but i am just got to get on with my job. I've got to do the job. And then... They... At first, yeah, at first he's sort of freaked out. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, he's like, yeah. also, he's just kind of lonely as well. He's lonely. He doesn't, like, have a direction in his life. It doesn't seem, um, yeah, he's kind of just a bit lost himself, I suppose. And so ends up being sort of nonplussed by the hauntings. And then this is upsetting to the ghost, of course, because... That's their job. Their job is to haunt. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it's just a really cute movie that was really wholesome and a lovely idea, like sort of twist on a haunting uh, scenario. So yes, and considering the 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 obviously the lack of budget on it, uh, really strong actors as well. Yeah. I've just looked about Joe Jacks played by McLeod. McLeod Andrews and Muriel by Natalie Walker, who she actually went um, sort of viral a few years back, sort of doing these things on Twitter, these uh, audition videos um, on Twitter for things like Hero's Wife in 
biopic and mm. it's like she just do the, act out these scenes and things like that yeah so it'd be like a stereotypical role that's like an unnamed character or like yeah yeah and the the but, sort of the party pooper or you know yeah yeah um romantic rival in in rom-com yeah things like that uh but yeah she's a actor and a singer and she's very good and yes ghost waits lovely film my final nomination is a movie as old as I am, um, <laughs> but I've not seen it. And also in the category of horror, because it's me, Sam Rolf, horror <laughs> is my thing. It's my jam. Is the movie Hellraiser. Wonderful. Mm. Also a very cute love story. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, definitely don't go into it thinking that. I mean, I suppose there is a kind of a love story. There's a twisted love story to it. Yeah. It's basically the same film. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm not, I, I guess um, I'd heard a lot about Hellraiser. Obviously, you've, you know, know the iconic pinhead um, visage uh, that's on, you know, posters and it pop, you know, it's always going to be popping up in top 10 lists of. I don't know, maybe not top 10, top lists of horror, um, depending on yeah how people rank these things, I suppose. And But yeah, I'd never seen it. And it's been on my list for such a long time since I was born. And <laughs> I was worried that I'd like overhyped it in my, like, because I didn't really know what to expect. But, you know, I knew to expect a a classic horror sort of thing. But I just thought that it did so much with what it had. And like a lot of the effects were practical as well. Maybe yep. all of them. Potentially. Pretty sure all of them. Um, and it was, it's possibly one of the last like, really good horrors before we went into like the downward turn of the 90s horror era um where it just became like tropes of um like people splitting up from the group that they were safe in and then people being picked off one by one and it's yeah i don't know but I was genuinely, yeah, sort of horrified by it. And I thought it hit a lot of interesting themes as well that you don't necessarily see explored in the same way now or like for a good while before we're sort of starting to get back into actually getting into the um, issues. Well, see, this is interesting because I thought the other film I thought you were going to pick uh, also a horror film from 2005. Oh, yes. I did I did, I did. did talk about this. Uh, yes. You did. Did, House... you, did you flirt with having this? This is House it of did. Wax. It, was, it is an honorable mention, I feel. Starring Paris Hilton, among others. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought she was going to be in it. Like, as one of, uh, she is one of the main cast, but she's not in it as much as I expected her to be. Sure. Um. But obviously, she is like the big na- like the big name in there, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
horror was still not good in 2005. <laughs> but there were, you know, there are exceptions to this rule. House of Wax has a lot of these same tropes. You know, they're in a group of five, five, five or six. They immediate as soon as bad things start happening, they immediately split off into like pairs or whatever, and you're like, okay, folks. <laughs> or they or they will literally walk towards the creepy dude with the broken headlight car when earlier that, you know, the previous night there was like a creepy car that had a broken headlight and like obviously he's the bad dude. Like <laughs> what are you doing? But those things aside it was it did very interesting things with like practical effects and uh like body horror effects and things and to to a point of thing like i hadn't how someone's mind comes up with these things is astonishing um because there were some pretty awful but like within the like scope of the movie, not just for gore for gore's sake, like you know, hostile or sore, I guess towards getting towards the end of that series. But there was a genuinely like I watched this with my friend Katie, and we've watched a lot of horror films. But there was genuinely a bit that we both screamed out loud or yelled out loud. To the point that she messaged her neighbor and was like, "We're fine. We're just watching a horror film," <laughs> <laughs> because it like got us. And I don't think I've been got by a horror. Like you get the jump scares, but they're not necessarily earned in a lot of these horror films these days. But this was earned, and that is why it deserves an honourable mention. So yes, thank you for mentioning it. That's quite all right. So, like I said, I I only picked one. Well, uh, good because I've talked a lot about. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, we yeah, we have seen a lot of uh, good films this year. I did also enjoy Hellraiser. Um, talking of Michelle Yeoh, as we have, we watched her first ever starring lead role uh, from 1984 is Yes, Madam, also released in the UK as Police Assassins. Um, her and Cynthia Rothrock are a pair of kick-ass uh, police detectives um, who... Uh, kick butt and take names, and they certainly do. Wear jumpsuits and uh, sports jackets rolled up to the sleeves. So, but they are great. Um, but the best film I think I saw um, this year for the first time is actually a film from 2021. So only the year before. We saw it a bit late. Technically, we saw it in we saw it in January. It came out I think in December 2021. And that was Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Oh. Which curveball. I... Curveball. I thought was an absolutely fabulous film. Uh, it's a beautiful film, wonderfully acted. Um, nice, like, nicely different from the original, which is still, you know, the original is a classic as well. But they've changed enough about it. They reformatted certain things um, to make it its own thing. And I think as well, in terms of looking, they've, they've made it look like a film from the sort of 50s or 60s mm. in terms of like the way the 
the sort of color grading is and the and the sort of grain on the film and well, things like that. Was it shot on film? Do you know? I don't know off the top of I my mean, head. Okay, it doesn't um, matter. But uh, it's just, I yeah, I thought it was a, an excellent film. And I mean, I, I went into it already liking the first one as well. I think West Side Story, the first, the 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 OG mm-hmm. uh, West Side Story, is um, very very good. And they have things like Marie, Rita Moreno, who won an Oscar for her role in uh, West Side Story. She is back in it. Uh, this one, obviously, a different role. Um, she's somewhat older than she was uh, in the original, um, but she's. She, she's playing uh, always a woman wonderful. of her own age. She's playing a woman of her own age. Um, uh, but yeah, there are so many wonderful actors in it that uh, that would be right, my recommendation and winner for uh, best film um, not of 2022. Do you have a winner from your three? I I have Lamb at the top, but they're all brilliant. So a joint like award. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you said Lamb was the best film you've ever seen uh, at the time, I think probably pips it, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so for, for this one, the last one. Yes. We're to the final award, best film from 2022. We should say, I mean, we've sort of hinted at it. We've seen a lot of films this year. We haven't seen everything you may have noticed what we've talked about quite narrow. You know, there are other great films from this year that we've um, not seen. that I'm still looking forward to seeing. So like in terms of um, big award potential nominees, things like the Banshees of Inishirin, uh That's a big one. Uh, I mean, it's probably not, it, it was nominated for some of the Globes, but like things like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Haven't seen that yet. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of films out that we haven't seen. So these are ones just from our sort of narrow pool um, of what we have seen, should we take turns nominating uh, this time? Sure. You want to nominate one? I'll nominate one. Yeah. I mean, I have an honourable mention if I can mention Go that. for it. Start with the honourable mention. Start Briefly. with the honourable mention. Uh, so you have already spoken about it. It was X. Yes. Um, I just, uh, just to add to what you said, um, I liked, what I liked about it, I think, was that it explored more of the reasoning behind the actions of the villains yes they they weren't just they weren't just these malevolent creatures doing stuff for no obvious reason yeah and like you actually in a way Sympathize? Not felt sorry for yeah, symp- empathize, empathize with them, not, not yeah. sympathize, no. but empathize. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> key key distinction there. Yes, empathize. Um, because yeah, I also saw uh, the Black Phone this year in twenty twenty two, where and actually it was after I'd seen X, and I specifically remember thinking, well, this is just a madman doing things for doing things sake there's no explanation and i think well for me anyway the most horrifying scary horrors are human beings doing things to other human beings and because you know that could happen in real life that's the scariest thing but like often the thing that is scary about that 
is that we don't understand the reason behind it, the psychology or, you know, the triggers or whatever. And so obviously that is part of the horror, like in the black phone, obviously, like as an example, okay, so you've got this stranger who's doing these bizarre things um, and that, you know, could potentially happen to happen to you. Um, but yeah, to then get that perspective from um, the villain side, yeah, just provides a bit more depth to the yes. characters and things, which I'm not saying like we should explain and under you know and become sympathetic to them. Yeah. Um, but yes. I, yeah, I thought that was an interesting aspect to X as well. Yeah, so, so please. Well, so we'll start with you. I, we might. I'm sure we'll have some overlap. I'm sure. Uh, and we've already talked about. Well, we've already talked about all three of mine. Yep. Same. To a certain extent, so we don't really need to go into them. Uh, in any detail really no but go for your pick one to start with okay so not in a specific order not in a specific order okay well i will say worst person in the world i too have nominated the worst person in the world (laughs) oh my gosh how exciting would it be if the list is the same uh my another one of my nominations is glass onion i have not nominated glass Mm. onion I nominated Everything Everywhere All at Once. That was also close to getting on my list, to be fair. And my third nomination, I think you already know the answer to this, Chris. I know the answer to this one. Should we say this one we can say after three? I hope hope it's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after three. After three. One, two, two, three. three. House of Wax. Sorry, (laughs) RRR. That didn't even come out this year. <laughs> oh, no, I misunderstood. No, <laughs> RRR, yes. Yay. Amazing. Yeah. Well, claps. Claps for all of those. Four films for making it into our finale. But I think we should pick one. Mm. So do you think we have the same choice? I think probably based on that list, yeah. Should we try and say it at the same time then for our All winner? Right. Okay, go for it. One, two, three. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Yay. Yay. Congratulations, SS Rajamuli and the cast of RRR. Like I said, it's a film that slaps. That's what the kids say. <laughs> um, they do. It has so many memorable bits in it. it okay, okay. Three, how long is it? Three hours. It's three hours long. Right. Yeah, yeah. Every single second of that was great. <laughs> yes. Like, we watched it at home, so we could freely pause if we wanted another drink or go to the loo or whatever. And yeah, we did pause it a couple of times. But, like, you didn't want to. You didn't. You wanted I think we it. Never, we never paused it to be like, oh, how long is there left? Yeah, exactly. It, the 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 whole thing it's it it did I think we discussed this at the time when we talked about it on the pod most likely we it did things that surprised me yeah we definitely said this I'm sure like there were there were there were bits where there's one bit in particular 
that just we didn't know was happening. It's an action scene. Yep. And what then happens? We we were both like delighted. And I haven't had that from a film for a long time. No. And like the central relationship is very affecting these two these two guys, their friendship is beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of good drama there as well. There's an absolutely stunning uh, song and dance um, <laughs> for the song Natu Natu. Yeah. Um, which is just absolutely spectacular. It you know, and I know I know the the Oscars are you know, and all these sort of film awards are sort of vapid and don't really mean anything. But it would be lovely to see a film like this that has done so well internationally mm-hmm. um, yep. be recognised internationally. Agreed. And it's just, it's such good fun that I like. It's the sort of film like I've I've watched several bits of it again. I've not I've not watched it again fully all the way through. I plan to at some point, but I've watched like bits on YouTube just sort of to cheer myself up. However, um, I would stress to yourself, listener. Don't Google bits of the movie. Don't look up reviews. Go Just into it. Go into it fresh. Go into it on the basis that it's a good time. You know how we just told you it's three hours long. You know what you're getting yourself into. You need a good. You need an afternoon. But just yeah, because I think like the bits that we're talking about will be spoiled if you look it up. So that's, yeah, that's, if you look that's up the, clips and things. Yeah, that's the only thing I would say and. I like, don't even watch the trailer because I'm sure there are bits in there in the trailer. Yes, there there are bits in the, the, the trailer. There's a very long trailer on YouTube. It's like the official trailer, but for some reason, like it's three and a half minutes long. <laughs> and you're like, why? Okay, but it's it's yeah. There's so many great action set pieces. It's just yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just, the best it's, film of 2022. It's the film I've enjoyed the most. I've enjoyed some good films this year. I I should say some honourable mentions as well. Please do. Maybe I really enjoyed Glass Onion. Glass Onion for me, I think, slightly suffered from not being Knives Out. I think Knives Out is such a great film that any follow up was going to be it's, it's hard slightly. Yeah. And it's like it's still a great film. I understand that, but at the same time, it's not Knives Out. Um, you haven't seen it, but Top Gun Maverick uh, okay. is actually uh, for a. Again, like you, you sort of mentioned about Disenchanted, a sequel that we never knew we needed. Yeah. Um, and you sort of think about it, like, oh, why, why are they doing a sequel to a film from, you know, thirty years ago? Yes. Um, or over, you know, over thirty years ago, and actually, it was great. They did it really well, and yeah. again, a lot of practical stuff. They actually flew in fighter jets and filmed it sort of that way, and it was, you know. When Tom Cruise goes for something, he really goes for something. He um, does not hold back, no. He does not hold back. So, well done, Tom and everyone. Um, we recently saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes. Uh, which was a good film. Yeah, I really and, liked that. Uh, Honourable mention um, from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies to Rachel Sennett, who was, um, I think, Best Actress winner in our awards last year for Shiver Baby. Um, she's also in Bodies, 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 uh, as a sort of narcissistic podcaster princess. 
Um, <laughs> I, and didn't, I didn't recognize her. Okay. You, did, you didn't? No. Oh, okay. No. But her, her line delivery and everything yeah. is she, she's one of those actors as well that she should be a star. Um, she's fantastic in Shiver Baby if you've never seen it which Sam hopefully will never see again. Um, <laughs> Truly, Shiver Baby, more horrifying than Bodies, 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 where it's literally about like a murder game. So, Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Rachel Sennett is is wonderful. And yeah, it was a good year for films, mm. that I saw. I don't think we, I don't remember seeing a particularly bad one. No, I mean, like you say, there was a few like, eh, but yeah, nothing, nothing terrible. Yeah, it wasn't, there was no The Predators. Um, no. But... Yeah, I guess if you're if you're honourably mentioning some more some a couple more, then I'm gonna gonna jump in. Go for it. Go uh, for it. I mean continuing the horror theme, uh Malignant. Um that which um we did mention it earlier, I think. We did mention it earlier. That technically I think came out in twenty twenty one. Oh wait, I'm looking at the wrong list. You're looking at the wrong list. I'm looking at the so list. I made of, two lists. I did. I'm yeah. looking at the list of things I've seen. Um well then, I don't have any honourable mention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I did. We can leave it. I, I did enjoy see how they run. I thought Saoirse Ronan was was good in that. Saoirse Ronan is great. And Saoirse Ronan is wonderful in whatever she does. It was it was a fun, uh, you know, afternoon spent. You know, they were trying to do a little twist on the mousetrap and everything, and yep. using that as a as a basis. So yeah, I like that. I like that as well. So. Our big award winner, RRR, see it on Netflix. It's not in the original Telugu, it's in, is it the Hindi version? I think it is the Hindi version, yes. Um, So it is dubbed, uh, so it's slightly um, different, but it's on Netflix. It's really well worth your time uh, watching it for three hours. It's great. One of my favourite films. Ever. Up there with Lady Portrait of a Lady on Fire, by the sound of it. Not quite. Mad Max. But it's 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 not too far off. Ah, oh, interesting. It's not too far off. Uh, so well done to the cast and crew of RRR. Uh, your awards in the post. <laughs> yes. So yeah, look out for that. And um, I guess there's not much left for us to do other than to wish uh, yourself. Dear listener, a very happy and prosperous and joyful 2023. Yes, exactly. And uh, may may the film watching be as good as 2022. Absolutely. I'm well, sure we'll be back here again in a year's time, talking about our best films of 2023. I hope so. And, and uh, thank you so yeah. much, Chris, for all of the... Uh, beautiful and amazing films that we've watched and many of them are picks uh, made by yourself so thank you to you for not picking out any duds <laughs> not picking crap ones good <laughs> i like I, I yeah i'll take that <laughs> well see you again in a couple weeks uh and in between now and then it will be max with uh with danny uh next friday and we'll be back after that cool see you then Bye.